Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. My name is Matt. <laughs> I was nice. glad that we all did that. <laughs> uh, this week, we watched Victoria. Vicky. We sure did. Love Vicky. Yeah. Vicky's my favorite. A- AKA known as Vicky. <laughs> that was the name of my bird, my pet bird, Vicky. What, what kind, kind of, bird? of bird was it? <laughs> she was a finch. Oh, what, what happened to her? She, get she a, died. She fly away. <laughs> oh. oh boy. <laughs> she was like eleven. I don't. I anyway. don't. Is that like a lot for a bird? I don't know. I don't know what bird. I inherited like. her. F- from my cousin who'd had her for a number of years and was going off to college so then I got her and then she died and then my sister got parakeets which was a male and a female and they mated Yeah. so what started as two parakeets later became seven (laughs) (laughs) and then like some of them would be like oh I was cleaning their cage and they flew away (laughs) no I'm kidding I don't know I think actually there were like three that did fly away while someone was cleaning the cage. Oh my god. The look on Matt's face when you said that was so good. Like I know it, what flew away means. What do you think it means? They went to go live in a farm upstate. It means yeah, they little... literally flew away just making it sound like it was uh, uh, an accident as opposed to yeah, what, intentional. As opposed to, right. Go on. Get out of here! <laughs> my my right thought now. was a my thought was much darker, and it involved two hands and a little snap. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was the one that he made. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, anyway, but no, I do hope they flew away and had a lot of little cute babies somewhere else alive. And then died in the Chicago winter. <laughs> I was oh. say. <laughs> like a tropical bird. God. Oh god. Did you know that those like parrots and those like fancy ass cockatiels and shit? Cockatoos. Those things. Cockatiel, cockatoo, caca three. Who cares? Their tail is just long just and slimy. Um, no, those, the fancy birds live for, like, a hundred years and, like, outlive the owners, usually. So, like, they'll actually be inherited by, like, the next generation, who will just be like, my parents had these crazy birds and now I have them. And then the birds kill them and then they go on to the next generation? Yeah. So the way the birds stay alive is that they suck the souls (laughs) out of each generation that adopts them, and then by the end they have enough souls to become a person and they walk out of the house. Wow. Uh, quick update for those keeping score at home. Uh, it looks like there are cockatiels and cockatoos. They're two different oh, yeah. kinds of birds. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Victoria. Uh, that was my pick. This one's my pick. Um, I picked it because I thought it looked good. Cool story. Yeah. No, I had, I remember it was at, I think it was at the Chicago National Film Festival, and I remember hearing people say it was good, and it was tense. Um, and I think I always forgot that it was, like, a simultaneous shot movie. Um, but 
every time I would be reminded of that, I was like, man, I gotta see that. I gotta see that. Because, as we'll discuss uh, surely in this episode, I have a long history of commenting on long takes and about what is and isn't a good long take. Uh, so I wanted to see if this would be an example of a great long take. And guess what? It is. Yep. Yeah, uh, I thought it was. So... <laughs> So that was, yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say about it in total. Uh, so now you guys can talk for the rest of the time. So oh, I came now. across... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm signing off now. Tierney, Colin, have fun. Go crazy. I'm finished. Personally, gonna, I'm finished. He's, he's just going to mute himself. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself on this call, um, but I'll just DM in the chat if I've got any questions. <laughs> Oh, it looks Can like you Matt, hear me? Can you like see Matt, me okay? Matt said something in the chat. Let me let me read that real quick. <laughs> ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tierney, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say stuff that we actually talked about at the end of last episode, which was that I uh, first heard about this when I was at the Berlin LA Film Festival in 2015, not as a participant, but as an attendee. Ooh, dogs. <laughs> I'm outside. Sorry. <laughs> dogs. Uh, and A I pack tried- of wild dogs is coming for tyranny right now. I tried to go and see it, but it was sold out because it, I believe, won at the festival, like the best film. So I never got to see it, but I did go to a chat with, I believe, the director or cinematographer. Who might be the same person. Yep. Who could say? Anyway. Yeah. I thought it was a very good movie and the only like uh, <laughs> these dogs are just going at it i hope it continues for the whole for the it's whole episode <laughs> i hope we uh, also get matt to continue doing that directly yeah. into his microphone that's that's what makes good content right there <laughs> i think uh one thing as far as this single shot take that i liked was the fact that it is single shot because it's all in real time yeah and Uh the only other movie that does that is rope by alfred hitchcock yeah Mm -hmm. and i've seen i also liked (laughs) i also like rope as well let's talk about it all right (laughs) girlfriend okay well i haven't seen that one so i'm gonna mute myself you guys go crazy with your with your rope rope talk uh no i thought this was really good uh you two know and probably some of our listeners bono know that I, as well yes you too uh bono was in this movie did you not catch him <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the bouncers he plays car. a car <laughs> he plays a car <laughs> i thought the edge was one who was one of the uh robbers because he's always wearing a beanie <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't think it was that funny. It's not that funny, but I just keep hearing Matt's little giggle and it just keeps making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, anyway uh, I, what's your approach, Colin? I, uh, I'm excited to talk more about it because I had a as you both know, uh, I had a very different viewing experience than you guys did, uh-huh. so I think that'll be a fun mini-conversation later, but um, I like that it was basically, like, two different movies all in the same one movie. 
Whereas, like, the first one is just kind of, like, this cute little, like, rom-com-ish thing. And then it becomes very much not that. <laughs> it gets really tense for the second hour of this movie. Um, it's interesting you say that because I thought the first half was also very tense. In, I, like, a don't feel safe as a woman type of thing. Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I, totally. And, I, and then so it like, was like, oh, they're okay. Sorry, spoiler alert. They're not going <laughs> to. But are they? <laughs> but yeah. They're not going to do anything to her. Right. Right. Uh, and so then it then it's very much like a like an action thriller. Yeah, and so like I agree. I do think that like when they first like when she first starts hanging out with them, it's a little tense. But I think once you kind of get that like once they like start like oh we're gonna go to the roof and we're just gonna like hang out like I think that the tension of like are they going to do something to her starts fading away. And then especially when it's just the two of them, like, at her little cafe, and they just, like, have that really sweet moment by the piano, and it's just, like, really tender and beautiful. I was like, oh, this is really nice. But I know we're only halfway through the movie, so I wonder what shit is going to go down. And then I was like, oh, that. Okay. Cool. Here we go. Because I knew literally nothing about this movie other than when you told us last week that it was a one-shot movie. So I had no idea what to expect. And, uh... Oh boy, that second act or second half is uh, a <laughs> real, real ride. But uh, on the yeah. whole, I did enjoy it quite a bit. True. Uh, I think that we can talk about the one takes and everything, or the one take singular. But I think that we need to spend a good chunk of time talking about Victoria. Yeah. I think she's so. <laughs> wow, you back down on that real quick. Yeah, she's I so think we good. need to do this. No, or don't. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I need to do this. Yeah. At the very least. Is that she, I thought she was so good. And it was kind of like, what can't she do? Like, the yeah. piano scene was incredible. And, like, her facial expressions are amazing. And you watch mm-hmm. them in, like, real time. Like, the. I mean, spoiler, but the one at the end when she goes from, like, grieving to being like, Okay. This is what I need to do. That, like, facial uh-huh. change, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, and then... Uh, and the fact that you immediately sympathize with her. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. I think the fact that... And, like, we'll talk more about the, the one take later. But I think the fact that she's so good... Like, she's so mesmerizing in this movie like on its own would be really impressive like she's just like a really talented actress but then when you add in the fact that like they literally shot this in one take and like she is able to make those switches in real time while we're watching it Uh on screen because like normal movies the actors have a chance for like a second take or they have a chance to like okay today we're shooting this scene so i know i can mentally prepare for whatever emotional weight i need to bring to this whereas she's doing it literally all on the fly and she's crushing it every single time and that whole sequence at the end like in the hotel room basically like from the minute they get to the hotel room or like not even to the room because like she starts figuring it out when they're like walking to the elevator so like from that moment until the very end and like the last shot of the movie is just like holy shit who is this woman and why is she not in everything <clears throat> yeah. yeah i thought she was in the fact that like it she's from spain and so it's like all in english but like 
I don't know. The fact that it's like, I mean, I could never even do that in another language, let alone English. I, <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. it's very <clears throat> impressive. But I thought, to be honest, the piano, other than like her general performance, like the her facial expressions and everything, that scene at the piano, I was like, what can't she do? Yeah. Yeah. I think that piano scene, I wrote, like, I've, I have very few notes on this movie, only because it just moves so fast. Like, well, there's a lot of downtime, but, like, it's a movie that's just about the progress, because you're all in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that piano scene is, I think, uh, the most important scene of the movie, because it's the only time that we understand her motivation for what she does later. Um and it's just that she wants to be extraordinary at something. Mm-hmm. Like, she put all the time and work and effort into learning piano and doing it well. And she's working at a cafe and, like, does not, like, wasn't able to finish her degree because she wasn't as good as other people were. And, the like, the moments that we get with her of just, like, internalizing what playing the piano feels like to her. Mm-hmm. And the quiet moment when they all leave and we're like okay that's that seems like the end of the night like she's just gonna get the cafe ready and then for the actual movie to start then when they come in and like you start to get an understanding of what exactly they're involved in Mm -hmm. uh having that preceded just by that scene of her expressing that she's like kind of lost and kind of sad that what she thought would be her life isn't her life. And so that's enough to get us with that character of any time she says yes to things. It I think like an interesting movie that I don't think I thought of as a comparison uh, to this was Uncut Gems of like a character where you're like, stop saying yes to things. Stop <laughs> doing more. Like just stop doing shit. And in this movie, like, as much as you're like, don't do these, like, Victoria, you don't have to go along with these things. She always accepts them with, like, okay, yeah, I, I'll do it. No, I'll drive. Okay, no, I'll, okay, we'll we'll go to this place together. And, like, it seems at first just like she's very, like, uh, oh, like, I'll go along with it. But as you spend more time with her, you're like, no, she's doing this for herself. Like, this is something for her to experience and, like really it, like i'm gonna do something from start to finish and we're gonna get it right mm-hmm. and even at the end when it's like all hope is lost she's like nah we're gonna keep going like we've got a plan we can keep figuring out how to get out of this yeah um and it's such an interesting character to watch evolve over two hours and 18 minutes i think uh also like the overall arc just to add on to what you said is like you kind of get, or at least I got the impression that she was very lonely from jump mm-hmm. of her, like, at someone at a club by themselves. It just makes me really sad. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that, like, you find out she doesn't even speak German and she lives in Berlin. Um, and so, like, at first you're kind of like, oh, she hanging out with these people because she, like, is just lonely. And then I think in the piano scene is when she, like, not only is that you get her backstory, but she also connects with them. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so then it's more of a bond in addition to, like, con- like friends. Um, that wasn't very articulate. But then I agree that by the end, she, you're like, oh, she wasn't just lonely. 
And I think the way that yeah. evolves is so well done. Yeah. Um, totally. <laughs> it's fun that you bring up uh, <clears throat> Uncut Gems because, uh, especially in the second half of the movie, I was thinking about Good Time. <laughs> hmm. And with Good Time, you just, like, start right away. And, like, Robert Pattinson's character is never likable. Um but you're like, as much as I love good time, you're just like watching, you're just like along for the ride, basically. Like, you're not like, oh, yeah. I hope he succeeds. I hope he gets out of this thing. You're just like, fuck you, dude. I hate you. But also, <laughs> like, I can't stop yeah. watching this thing. Um, so I really like the fact that the first, like, this movie, because, like, the, the bank heist and through the end is very similar, right? They're all like, they're just like okay we got to do the next thing to get to the next thing to get to the next thing to get to the next thing like it's not like a plan that we had like we had a plan for the moment but now we don't have a plan for after the moment and we're just like doing the best we can um so like at that point it's all the same but because we got all the stuff beforehand and we actually do care about these characters it just makes that like emotional gut punch at the end that much stronger than good time because like a good and when good time ends you're like ha fuck you you got caught bitch and this one yeah. is like oh shit like obviously this is how this is gonna happen but fuck this sucks you know um yeah. so i really appreciated that this movie gave us like gave us these characters and gave us like basically half of this movie to just get to know these characters um and like really uh be able to empathize with them um I really appreciated that a lot though. I will say the first half of the movie was definitely a little slower. Um, like, and, and not necessarily in a bad way, but just like there were a couple points during the first half where I was like, okay, what is this movie? Like, are we literally yeah. just like going to be following these people in real time while they like walk around Berlin at six in the morning? Cause like I could be okay with that, but I just need to know that that's what's happening. And I just, I don't know if that's what's going on. Um, so like there were parts in the first half where I was just kind of like, okay, let's get to something. But then once that something happens, it's basically just like, oh my God, we're, we're, we're in it now. And there's like, there's no stopping at this point. Yeah. I also was so confused. Uh, but like more, uh, I think in a good way, uh, when they're like right back to where they started and the guys are getting kicked out of the club and she's inside and they're like, no, no, we know her, we know her. Uh, and it like looks exactly like what they started the night like. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of like, wait, what time is it? Like, how long have we been here for? Uh, and it's, I think like the two of the most important, or two of like the most notable scenes, I think, are on the rooftop and then later at the club when all the sound goes away except for the sound, like whatever score mm -hmm. kind of just takes over the scenes and you're just hearing music and seeing them enjoy the evening um and it like happens basically at like the one third mark and the two third mark of just like these little like breaks mm -hmm. uh before everything starts happening and then like right as shit's about to go bad um and they're both just start such like full of like energy and joy um and even, like, her spitting in his face and then, like, just staying near him and, like, dancing. There's so many, like, weird moments of just, like, pure adrenaline where they're just acting on, like, impulse. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun to watch that. Um, especially when, like, you're so used to just hearing the noise, like, the ambient noise and, like, their voices. 
and just kind of living in these moments where it feels like you're honestly walking with these groups to then have those two moments where you get to step back and just see them all together as like a unit. Uh, I thought those were both great individual scenes. Yeah. I think my uh, second favorite scene after the piano scene is uh, we can just spoil the ending, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean... Okay. <laughs> I, it's what we've been doing, more or less, but I just yeah. want to make sure. But the uh, bank robbery scene, when she is... I, if When I first saw it, I was like, oh, Matt's going to be so pissed because this is like No Country for Old Men where you don't see the final shootout. The fact that you don't see them mm-hmm. rob the bank. But I love the fact that we stay with her in the car because, mm-hmm. like... It is so. It is probably more scary than because we've seen a bank robbery how many times, but yeah, we've never yeah. stayed with the getaway driver and had the car cut out. Yep. Yep. And like, <laughs> and a stolen like, car. And like, knowing yeah. that, like, oh, I don't know how this thing's been running, mm-hmm. and even for her to know, like, they're gonna come out here and I have to drive away, mm-hmm. and I don't know what this car, how this car started, or what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and she like. And- she like gets down to like she's like clearly knows that it was hotwired but like doesn't know how to hotwire a car so she like gets she's like you know fiddling with that underneath the dash and then she gets out of the car and looks at it and she's just like i don't know what to do like that whole sequence is just so fucking tense you're like so stressful and (laughs) that whole time and then she gets in the car and she starts yelling at them and i was like when the fuck is she gonna start yelling in spanish because i am so stressed out (laughs) and i like if if i was fluent in another language and was stressed out in that situation i would fully start yelling in english and then she did start yelling in spanish and i was like okay good this is so real (laughs) i i also really appreciated like the like the attention to detail in the like in the getaway sequence, right? Like mm-hmm. we're so used to, like you mentioned, like we've seen God knows how many bank robberies in movies and TV over the years. And we've seen so many like getaway chase scenes, but like this one where they were like, no, 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 slow down, slow down. So like, you know, like just pretend that everything's fine because as of right now it is. And she's uh-huh. like, just so fucking amped and tense. And she's just like probably going a little too fast, but like trying not to go a little too fast. And like, like they're all yelling in various languages and it's just like oh fuck <laughs> like ah, just, just go slow and follow this follow like the, the stop signs and stoplights and just like it's so fucking crazy and then yeah. when they finally are just like okay we're just going to like ditch the car and the whole time i was like your your dude is still in this car <laughs> like what? i forgot like, I knew that he was. I didn't know where he was yeah i forgot where he was like, i knew that he was Foose. in the back of that car foos the names of this movie are so dope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I knew that he was in the back of the car, so I was like, like, are they going to remember that? Like, are they going to go check on him? Like, are they just like, just good, like, fuck that guy because he got too drunk and, like, screwed us over? Like, what's happening? And then for that to, like, actually come back and, and pay off a little bit in the end, or, like, later on, I was like, okay, I'm glad that, like, something happened here. But the whole time I was just like, I couldn't fully enjoy them in, like that that sequence that you were talking about, Matt, where they're just like dancing mm-hmm. and it's like just the score. It's not like the club music. It's just like them, just like enjoying each other's company. Like I couldn't fully enjoy that because the whole time I was just like, ah, that guy though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I think it's also interesting that, like, uh, oh, what was I going to say? A different point. I'll get back to whatever I was thinking of before. But, like, the fact that they're also on drugs Mm -hmm. when they're doing all this, and, like, that's not the best place to be to, like, think through decisions that you're making. And so even that plan of, like, just, like, leave the car here is, like, what? Like, you can hide it better than this. Like, you've got time. And, like, get out of this area. Mm-hmm. And then instead to be like, we'll like, go into this club until the coat, like until things die down, where it's like, you're not that far away, dummies. Like, what are <laughs> you doing? The guy was like, go home. I was gonna say, yeah. the guy told them like, when you're done, go home and lay low. I'll I'll be in touch. And they were like, okay, we'll go to a club and party for a little while instead of doing what you just told us to do. What could go wrong? <laughs> and Blinker will take his shirt and pants off. Yeah, and they'll both just yeah. get completely naked on the dance floor and start dancing around as if that's not going to draw attention. <laughs> I mean, that's Berlin, so that's probably not as big of a eye-catcher. not quite the experience in Berlin I had, but... <laughs> those clubs, though. Those clubs I didn't go to wild. any clubs because the clubs are too wild. Um, we did go to a club. It wasn't quite that wild, but it was definitely like, oh. Have we yeah. all been to Berlin? I think so. Uh-huh. Look at us. Look at us. We're all so well-traveled. I was trying to find... I, like, looked up the route that they take in the movie. Like, what area they're in. And they're in Friedrichstrasse, which is, like... It's in the middle of Berlin. Like, very close to the Brandenburg Gate and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh! I think they drive past it. I don't know if I caught the Brandenburg Gate. I think the Weston Hotel is right, like, there. Oh, Yeah. yeah, shit, you're right. It is. Yeah. I didn't even um, think about that. And that's the Friedrichstrasse is also right where the film festival is. So I was like, I remember this Aww. at night coming home from a movie. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> not a club. Definitely not, a club. not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also interesting. I think, uh, I, I don't know what it means, but like the fact that it's in like a more contemporary, like business district of Berlin and not like necessarily like the the club neighborhoods where like I feel like the clubs are, are kind of like a little further towards the edges um, or like in East Berlin which I don't know if they like even specified exactly where this was all where this was all happening I think but the fact east. that they like yeah but it like I guess Across, technically Brandenburg back Gate and forth, yeah yeah but like Checkpoint Charlie uh, they like walk near and that was like a big like a it, now it's like a shopping area, but it was like that the biggest tension uh, in Berlin during the Cold War. So it's like interesting that this is set against like such a neutralized corporate area, um, and that they just like stay within that area. You don't even get into like very seedy areas. It's all like this nice bank and this nice hotel and this nice cafe, mm-hmm. uh, but like all this shit is happening in the middle of the night on the streets that that also reminded me there were like before everything went fully off the rails after the the bank robbery i was just like a like vicky you gotta get to work girl like i, mean, I kept like, thinking that yeah too, i get yeah. that you just stole fifty thousand euros but like you're splitting She's like, it we between, need to go party yeah like, you're like, splitting you need to go to the cafe of the people but i was like what's going on with the cafe girl so like one i was like go to your fucking job two like just go there because that's i mean it's they're all like you said they're all like close ish to each other but like at least that's a place that they could go that is like maybe a little bit safer and if like she just like 
hides them in the back while she opens the store like if a cop were to come by she would have like a pretty legitimate excuse so like the whole time i was just like just just go to your fucking job girl and like everything will be fine and then of course all the rails like all the the trains go completely off the rails and it's like okay well that that ship has has sailed so never mind one one thing i noticed though is that she says she opens the cafe at seven Mm -hmm. and the movie ends and it's about 7 20 in the morning so she's yeah. only 20 minutes late for work yeah that's she, right she, she just didn't get to sleep and is like on coke <laughs> i was gonna say well i mean that's probably fine <laughs> <laughs> she'll just be like a little wired for her shit it's all like her three friends she made die <laughs> yeah yeah she's gotta wash her hands yeah covered in blood hide what that a, uh, what a good day to to be at the office yeah. <laughs> yeah i also just loved uh and i think we should talk a little bit about your viewing experience colin because oh, yeah. i do think it actually speaks to like what like tyranny was saying some of like the tension in the movie yeah um specifically the scene that i was going to bring up uh was when they're in the parking garage and everyone is speaking german and she says that she doesn't know how to speak german and then she just watches the run through of the burglary like, not knowing why they're in that parking garage or, like, what exactly they were just told. But she just sees all of her friends that she just made get in masks and start pointing guns and yelling at an empty parking garage. And then is like, yeah, I'll drive. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll do this. But the way that that's revealed to her of just, like, she is not confused about what she's about to get into. She's watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And she's still like, okay, yeah, let's let's fucking do this. <laughs> I'll be your, I'll be the one. <laughs> so, uh, to give some context there, uh, so I watched this movie on Canopy. Um, it's streaming for free, and uh, I made it through literally like the first half of the movie, and I didn't have any subtitles. But I thought it was like an artistic choice that the the director made. That it was like, okay, like she only speaks Spanish and English. They only speak German and English. So, like, anything that's in English, I will understand. But anything that's in either of the other languages, like, they won't understand. So, I also won't understand. So, I was, like, just, like, very much on the ride. And uh, it got to the scene where, like, the dude is explaining to them, like, what's about to go down and what he wants them to do. And it's all in German. And I was like, okay, there have to be subtitles for this. Like, I was fine with it for a little while. But I was like, there's, there can't have this much of the movie be in a different language without providing some amount of subtitles. Like, and so I went into, like, the, the menu options on, can, on the Canopy app that I was using. And <laughs> my, my options for subtitles were off, which was selected, or off which was not selected. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so I texted both Matt and Tierney. I was like, you guys watch this already, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, did you have subtitles? And they were like, sometimes. And I was like, what the fuck? Where, where are my subtitles? And so I like closed out of the app, went back in, and still wasn't working. And I ended up just like, because I, I thought for a little bit. So like Tierney was like, well, you'll, you're just like experiencing it the way that she is, which I did like, Again, like I said, for the first half of the movie, I thought that that was an artistic choice, but then later on, I was like, I, I have to, I have to have subtitles yeah. here, and so I ended up like renting it on Amazon Prime so that I could like uh, actually see what they were what they were saying, and I'm really glad I did because a lot of the the chaos of the second half of the movie is 
in German or at least like partially in German. And I feel like mm-hmm. I would have been really frustrated if I went to like, I still would have had the feeling of the chaos, but I, I, I would have lost some of the, like when they're screaming at each other, when, um, Blinker has his like panic attack, you know, like all of those mm-hmm. things, I feel like I would have really missed out on, on a lot of those details. So I'm glad that I did switch over. And but, when S- Sana comes over to Boxer and says, I hate you. Yeah. That was the first thing that I actually got in, like, with subtitles. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. And then I ended up going back and rewinding so I could catch, like, the gangster or whatever, uh, his, like, explanation of what they Draco, were Draco, or Lucius Malfoy. The For German real. Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, uh, but yeah, it was... It was a wild viewing experience for me. Um, I don't necessarily think it made me like the movie any more or less, but it definitely was like a, like a very weird thing that I had to do halfway through the movies. <laughs> yeah. From what I can say, uh, I remember reading the subtitles in the first like half before the cafe scene and just being kind of like, I don't really know like what is going on because they're just having their own conversations yeah. and like referring to each other and referring to like, just like dumb shit Mm -hmm. so like none of it really mattered anyway yeah um but i bet on a reviewing it would make more sense to like understand their relationship to each other yeah but yeah for the first half of the movie like tierney said i was mostly just like "Uh oh i hope these guys aren't creeps yeah and then they weren't they were just criminals well no (laughs) i was gonna say only one of them was a criminal and the other ones just got pulled into it unfortunately that's fair and it looks like he regretted it from jump yeah when he was and like prison this has to be tonight. favors yeah prison favors are no good because they you know they're not it's like it's like drive it's just like drive of just like that job after you got protected in prison <laughs> that job is not gonna go well uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what you're talking about. I'll have to rewatch. The sorry when you said it's just like Drive. It's just like Drive. I thought of Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's just like Cold Case Files. It's just like Cold Case <laughs> Files. <laughs> uh, totally. I mean, I bet things, this is yeah, like that's... Cold Case. <laughs> Matt, give us your went. single take so, yeah. hot takes. Hit, hit us with oh. That. Uh, I remember the first time being like, wow, I'm impressed by this tracking shot recently, uh, was True Detective season one, episode four, episode four, four. Uh, and they like track Matthew McConaughey, like running through this, like, uh, I don't know what kind of town this was. It's It's like almost like a trailer park, but like, yeah, not quite a trailer park. Yeah. It's like uh, the same house stamped across this entire area. Oh, fake town. Uh, sure. <laughs> is, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're called prefabs, but it's where, like, the house is pre-made and it comes in on a giant truck and they assemble it in a day. Yeah. yeah. This off. This seems an awful lot like what that this was. But anyway. also, like, these houses were built, like, 20 years ago and have mostly been used for drugs and crime. So they're, like... They were prefab houses at one point, but now it's just like a disgusting, like rundown. So it's like weed sh- shanty town kind of situation. Well, uh, no, not really. Nope. 
it seemed more like barracks. Does it matter? Nope. No. That's uh, that's why I said anyway before. Uh, anyway, Madrigane runs through this whole scene, and it's like a. How long is this? It's like six minutes. Six-ish minutes. It's like a pretty significant. It's like basically the last, like, eight minutes of the of the episode. Like that's how the episode yeah. ends. And you're just like, holy fuck. And there's, like, guns going off, and they have to, like, hide, and there's, like, people looking, so there's, like, lights that they have to dodge. So there's a lot of motion and movement and, like, complications, and it's one continuous shot, and the camera's just constantly moving with these characters, like, in and out of these houses, over things. Uh, And I remember being like, that was really cool, and that was really well done, and I'm very impressed. Paul Thomas Anderson, he's got his tracking shots, but mostly those are used to establish, like characters or a location um and aren't super action-packed it's just like let's follow louise guzman as he goes through his club let's uh follow kid quiz kid uh not donnie smith but the other kid uh stanley like let's follow him through this uh, uh television production uh studio and those are cool and they're really well done and uh i like those tracking shots but even those aren't like how complicated one shots should be to like really deserve the amount of praise that people give them. I think I think Paul Thomas Anderson's are great for what they like what they are functioning as and I think this movie is like the extent like this is what it is in its best form, especially because it's not edited together. This mm-hmm. is one continuous shot from 4:30 in the morning till 7 in the morning. It was their third take, Ooh, and this was the, the movie. somebody read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I read the AMDB trivia. Um, but, like, this is one actual continuous take. 1917, that's edited together in very clever Bird ways. Birdman. Birdman, very clever edits. Rope, well, the thing even. Those is that, like, one edit. this is real time, so there's mm-hmm. a reason yeah. why it's one take. 1917, yeah. I liked because it's just very, very tense. And it makes the whole thing super tense. But, like, Birdman, mm-hmm. I was like, this is just flair, there's, I feel like. It didn't serve the story. Whereas this, like, mm-hmm. the story wouldn't have the same impact if it wasn't a single take. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And it feels... And I think, like, when... Maybe it's just because, like, once you hear about single take shots, um, you start looking for the edits. So, like, 1917, it was obvious because there's, like, blackout moments. <laughs> Or the time time jumps, <laughs> yeah. uh, rope. It's like when the camera like goes way in on one of their backs and then pulls back out. So then you're like, that seemed like just to cover your bases and like create an edit point. Yeah. Uh, Birdman. It's all over the place and they've edited that. So like watching it really in real time and being like, oh my god, I've just been with these people this entire time. Like every scene I've seen so far, I've just been with them. And it hasn't taken... And every close-up, every wide, everything has been the same camera moving and running and tracking through these different areas. Uh, So I think, like, when people go nuts about, like, oh, my God, this movie's got, like, a five-minute long take. It's like, what are they doing in it? Like, what are you actually doing that makes this a necessary thing to do? And I think Victoria does it exactly right. I think 1917 uh, does it in a compelling way, the same way Rope does, of just, like, we want to see this, like, 
tension build over this particular period of time, which Victoria does too. Um, but I don't think, I think as like a move, it's not an exceptional thing to do a long take when it's stage acting is one take the whole time. Like you're just on stage and you do the show until it, the show is over or the act breaks. So to be like, oh, actors have to do all this acting in this period of time is like, nah, like that's not that hard. But when it comes to like a heist and a club with extras and a police shootout with a chase and and moving throughout a city. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Like it's unreal that they accomplished this level of a movie, too. It's not just a shitty movie filmed with a premise that is like yeah which i will say one of my least favorite movies that i've ever seen was one that i was most hyped for and it was called escape from tomorrow and it was shot in disney world oh yeah and i was like oh this is gonna be cool and it was just shit it was just (laughs) not like irredeemably bad in my opinion and it was like oh so you sacrificed a good movie because you wanted to film in Disney World, and then this stuff that isn't in Disney World looks like the worst green screen imaginable. And so, like, gimmicks like that can really fuck up a movie. And this one never feels like a gimmick. It just feels like this is the way this story has to be told for you to be like, get out of there, Victoria. Take the money and go. Get mm-hmm. out. Like, you can do this. You did all this work. You deserve that money. Get out of here. Um, I agree. Follow-up question, just out of curiosity. How do you feel about Quaron and his... I like Quaron. Well, I mean, like, his his long takes. Like, I'm thinking specifically there's two in Children of Men that are both, like, pretty astounding. Oh, yes. Uh, incredible. Especially the main one of walking through and everyone just looking at uh, the baby. Like, that one is, like, an all-time great yeah. long take. And then the way that, like, Gravity starts is, like, a 20-minute uninterrupted take of just, like, them being in space and then, like, the shit coming, like... Here's what I'll say. It's all fake. That's fake! <laughs> I know it is, it's green I know it screen. is fake, but I'm just saying, like... <clears throat> I think if you're... I think it's a fine thing if you want us to, like, live with characters and you want to make it seem like a single shot, but I think then the way people are like, oh, and there's no edit for 20 minutes for something like gravity is like yeah but nothing's real none of that's real so like if a satellite doesn't propel in the direction they want they literally move the satellite whereas like in children of men the scene in the car which is a long take there's a lot happening and everyone has to react and all the special effects have to go off and motorcycles have to tumble over like there's shit that's happening that like in a long take you got to have it exactly right or it's going to ruin the shot and that stuff is impressive. I think definitely Children of Men. Um, and then Roma has a couple of those uh, long yeah. shots of, like, on the beach. And those, I think, are similar to Paul Thomas Anderson's, where they're just meant for you to, like, watch a character in an environment and, like, be with them at kind of a distance to watch what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not about the flair of how oh, this shot is so long, isn't that impressive? Which I feel like more and more TV... Like, I think Game of Thrones had a long shot at one point, probably. And it was just like, who, who cares? Yeah, there the were dogs a are back. back. <laughs> uh, there were a couple um, 
oneers in some of the battle sequences, especially like later in the show. I think Battle of the Bastards had one. Um, was it when actually, he was drowning in bodies? Uh, no, it was right before that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I like them. I'm, I'm a sucker for them. I do agree that, like, I think they're, they're probably blown out of proportion. But even if they're, even if it's not like a, a like an action packed, like the camera's always moving kind of situation, I think I, they're still impressive. Like you're, you're right. Like stage acting is the same thing, right? Like I, I understand that. So like if it's just a long take of two people having a, a conversation or just like a monologue, obviously that's not like that novel of a thing. Um, but I do still find it like at least somewhat impressive, especially if there's any amount of movement involved, just because there is so much like planning that needs to go in to like making sure that everything is right and all the people are where they need to be and like everybody's hitting their marks again it is like you said it is like a stage production but um i i I still i still think it's it's worthy to like at least like appreciate for what goes into it whether or not it's like necessary for the movie or necessary for the story who cares but this one i think (laughs) They sound like real shits. I Is literally that, can't hear them anymore. Well, they just stopped. They're like... Oh, there was one. I can hear them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just heard one. Uh, <laughs> I think the other thing about, like... Uh, I think I just care more about, like, what are you showing us for a long time? Sure. Rather than, like, what are you doing with a camera? Because I don't want to think about what you're doing with the camera. And that's the thing about Victoria, too, is that you have to remind yourself that it's a continuous take. Um, Because the tension stays so high that you're just like, oh, shit, like, we have not cut at all this whole time. Uh, And, you know, how physically demanding that is for the camera operator, how many times they had to pass it off, probably, to, like, somebody else to, like, carry or do the next thing. Whether they use, like, tracks to, like, put the camera on a dolly for any scenes, or it if it was like all steady cam, handheld, yeah. Which Even is the nuts. Ones. I, I think it was all handheld, because, like, the way they describe it on the Wikipedia page is that it was shot by a guy. Like, it, like, yeah. it just keeps referencing this dude's name. Unreal. Which so it's I like, did I, like I, that... I think it probably was just, like, some guy who's just, like, following around the whole time and doing everything he needs to do, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I did like that after the film is over, the first credit that pops up is camera. Yep. Yeah. Which I was I mean, like, that was awesome. <laughs> fucking great. I guess, yeah, I mean, but like, it was like the, a Kim Kardashian camera <laughs> with a K because yeah. <laughs> it's German. And even and stuff, even like her standing on the bike as he like rides away to the cafe with her. Oh, so scary. It's so scary, and it's like they had to do that stunt on camera. And not fuck up. And if they they did fuck up... I know, but it was still, like, anything can happen. Like, oh, I hit the balance wrong, and we're already 43 minutes into this movie. This take is fucked. Like, it's crazy to think of that many things that, like, they had to improvise in the moment. Because, like, most of the dialogue is improvised. Which also gives it this really natural feel that's different from Mumblecore. Which, like... (laughs) My biggest fucking qualm with Mumblecore movies is that they all talk like what you think, 
what they think normal people talk like, where it's like super boring, super pausey, where it's just like people are just waiting to respond and there's like no energy in anything. What's Whereas an this is like uh I think like early Lena Dunham was like yeah, mumble court. Like, tiny tiny furniture. Um a lot of like the Duplass brothers stuff. There's a movie called Bellflower about these dudes that make this, like, Mad Max-style, like, car, and they're both just, like, toxic garbage men, and it's, like, qualified, it's, like, considered mumblecore, and I was like, I hate everything about this dialogue, and I hate everything about these characters because of the dialogue, Um, and I think, like... if you want natural dialogue, then you get moments, like, when Victoria is, like, teasing him... And like talking, and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh really? Like I, I look like a pregnant lady, and like, uh, like a man. Oh, like very nice compliment." She's so natural, and mm-hmm. she's so fun to be with, and they do such a good job of her being like, like seemingly naive, of like, okay, like I'll go along, okay, like I really have to go now, and not being like, "I'm leaving, see you later." So she's like playing in from the very beginning of like okay i'll see that these guys are like what they're gonna show me tonight like we'll see how how fun they are uh and then to be okay when they're like we're gonna leave and she's like okay that's fine like those moments of just her being a human being and the dialogue between her and sonner like are so genuine uh especially when he changes and that's, I think, the other important moment of that piano scene is that you watch him break from this kind of, like, charmer, like, oh, I'll say whatever you want so that we can keep hanging out. And, like, I am I know Berlin. I'm natural. I'm from here. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he has a moment where he's like, oh, she's so much better than my friends. Like, she has so much talent and she has so much, like, beauty inside of her that, like, when he ends up asking her, like, you really don't have to say yes to this, but, like, we have to do this job, you you make the jump to be like, oh, yeah, if it was probably ten minutes ago, he probably, and obviously, hopefully, they would have had the four that they needed, but, like, if it was ten minutes ago and he could have asked her to join them, it wouldn't have been this hard for him to ask as now, mm-hmm. when he's like, oh, no, you've got so much to live for, like, you, you don't want to be wrapped up in like my friends and I, mm-hmm. uh, but that yeah, the dialogue is so good and it's all improvised, which then adds to the complications of like, well, you fucked up this line and now you said something that's like, uh, we can't satisfy in this movie, like because you just said something that was like, its own story mm-hmm. or like that suggests something that we can't follow through on. So to think that all those elements came together to make this as cohesive and as compelling as this movie is, is, like, an incredible feat (laughs) to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because especially if you think about, like, 1917, which, like, I mean, I don't know how many times they, like, rehearsed everything. I don't know how many times they shot all the different, like, you know, one-take sequences, but, like you have to believe that that was so scripted, like everything was so scripted, whether it was Mm -hmm. the dialogue or 
like the explosions or whatever like everything had to be like perfectly planned out whereas this like yeah like you said like there <laughs> i think i read on the wikipedia i think they said the script was 12 pages like yeah. it's a two hour and 18 minute movie and the script was 12 pages and so like the fact that everything was just kind of like or not everything but like so much of this movie was just kind of like by the seat of their pants and the fact like you said it, it ends up working out so well and it just like all like flows together cohesively and there's no parts where you're like eh. like it all like makes yeah. logical sense from a to b um is just like holy shit and i think that was you mentioned like uh like the bike thing when you're like okay we're 43 minutes into this take if this fucks up it's all over and i think like in terms of being impressed by a long take I think the longer it goes, the more impressive it is for me. Again, not necessarily, yeah. like, if it's just, like, a monologue that goes for ten minutes, like, that's impressive, but it's not, like, the end. It's not, like, the most impressive thing. But the yeah. longer it goes and the fact that it's still going, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like these are pretty high stakes. Because, like, normally, like, I've never made a movie, but, like, normally if somebody fucks up, it's just like, okay, fine reset we'll run it again no big deal but like if somebody fucks up at minute nine of a tracking shot you're like okay so now we have to like reset all the way back to like the very beginning and do this whole thing over again um but i think that there's like in making it mostly improvised you're like releasing yourself from so many of those things that bog down people like quentin tarantino where it's Mm -hmm. like or even Wes Anderson where it's like everything needs to be perfect by being like well these characters know who they are Mm -hmm. they know the beats yeah we've rehearsed this a number of times like if she falls off the bike I have confidence that she's gonna make that a part of the story right like we'll be able to like figure out a way or like if one of them says something that the other one wasn't expected like wasn't expecting they'll be able to like roll with it and bring it back into like the story mm-hmm. in a in a like a sensible way um, yeah yeah i'm sure the, like the improv skills on these people it's <laughs> just out of control <laughs> like, yeah anyway I, so impressive the uh oh and then just briefly let's talk about her choice to take a baby because that <laughs> is a real moment and i feel like it's comparing it to good time good time you're with like a shitbag human Mm -hmm. doing what he does best which is fuck everyone around him over and lie 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 to survive and like in the moment where she's talking to the mother of this baby in the apartment that they like rush into and she's like you have to give me your baby and she's like we're good people we're good people you just need to help us and you're like yeah they are good people but like this is a fucked up situation that they got involved in And, like, that is a good plan to be, like, they're not going to stop us if we have a baby. And then I'm going to leave your baby across the street right there. You can see where the baby will be. But, like, that scene is so tense because you're, like, she isn't bad. But this is a very bad thing to do. And these people don't know that she's a good person. These people don't know what's going to happen to their baby. And that... It, it's such a pivotal moment in her d- determining that they are not going to get caught for this mm-hmm. and they're going to do what they need to do to get out of here. That sequence is so brutal for so many reasons because like a 
you do understand the logic behind it, right? Like, it does make sense. Like, if, if they're going to get out of it, because presumably the police are going to come in and search apartment by apartment. There's no way that they can hide. So, like, if they're going to get out of here, that's probably the only way they can do it. So, like, you track the yeah. logic, but it's still just like, fuck, that is an awful thing that you're about to do to someone. And yeah. so, like on its, like, on that level, it's really, really rough. But then you add in the level that she's speaking English. Probably the people in the apartment understand English, but, like, maybe not super well. Mm -hmm. And also, like, somebody just barged into their house with a gun and is now telling them that they're going to take their baby. So, like, even if I understand the words that are coming out of their mouth, I'm, like, clearly not taking any of it well. And yeah. then to have uh, fucking Sana or Sane or however you say his name come in and just start screaming at them in German. It's like, dude, like you are not helping this already miserable situation. And it just gets yeah. so, so brutal to watch. And then when they actually do it, like the way that they like she basically just like tricks the woman into getting out of it, being in front of the door so they can just like do this thing is. Yeah awful it's so so heartbreaking and they look crazy and it's so funny that they're just like in the sweatsuits and they're like what's happening we're just we have our baby we're going for a walk what's going on at six in the morning (laughs) and then just drop the baby off and get in a cab looking like that and then go to the westin dressed in those sweats and it's like so outrageous uh like the lengths that they've had to go to survive this like obvious uh obviously they were gonna get caught but maybe victoria doesn't i yeah i would choose to believe that she doesn't but (laughs) there's a skunk that's bright yeah it smelled really bad that baby scene though was like yikes not the dogs the dogs didn't Um, deter me and it's and you really get the sense that like she's really Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyding this where she's just like I'm in like yeah. we're gonna finish this job we're gonna take w- the babies that we need to take we're gonna we're gonna it, I love also that we don't see her make the deal at the uh, hotel yeah she just like give me the money I'm gonna tell the story and then we're gonna get a room. And then to see the room that she negotiates, which is the biggest room imaginable at this hotel, probably, <laughs> was also like a, what? Like, what is she, how, what did she tell them? Yeah. When when did you guys catch on that he had been shot? Uh, when I he had was walking f- to the elevator. I thought he was having a panic attack when he was working on his breathing. Yeah, me too. Okay. I was pretty sure that he had been shot when they were in the cab on the way to the hotel mm. because uh he like at one point she like snuggles up next to him in the back seat and he puts his arm around her and it's the same arm that he had been like and mm. it's like, you and can tell his blood. hands are very bloody and like yeah. more more bloody than they would have been if it was just like his friends had gotten shot and he was like trying to help them up and so i was like oh i think he got shot which like again Basically, you know that, like, this is not going to end well for any, most, if any of them, right? Like, it's it's going to be bad. Um, so, it wasn't, like, shocking that it happened, 
but I thought the the way that it re- that it was revealed, whereas like there are little Easter eggs here and there, because I I do think like if you're not paying a ton of attention, or like if you if you just like see that it's bloody, but you're like oh yeah, but he was helping his friend who got shot, like maybe that's just like rem- like remnants of blood, like you know there are ways and like well, mm-hmm. like you said, tyranny, like it very much looks like he could just be having a panic panic attack because like sure that fully checks out after the night that he's had <laughs> like yeah um so I, I feel like the way that they revealed that was really really clever and then like when you just like see him and you also like i know tyranny hates hotels but like it's <laughs> like, a nice hotel, hotel it's a nice fucking hotel but you know like okay hotels just have white sheets because they can just bleach everything off and so she's like all right like he's talking about how he's gonna be cold and she's like all right we'll just get you to the bed i'm like no don't do that like that's a really bad idea and sure enough like she covers them up in the blanket and then like later she like moves it and you just see like the pool of red which is like expanding and you're like oh fuck like this is this is really really not gonna be a good situation um but i will say like i don't think i would have disliked the movie if she would have also been caught Uh like i think you know like i'm glad that she she wasn't i think that like the fact that she has that moment where she just like fully loses it in the hotel room after he dies but then is able to like steal her reserve and like pick up the money and just be like all right on to the next Here thing we go. like i think that that like that is definitely like i'm glad the movie ended that way but i also like it i don't think i would have been super upset if she like you know, was still in the room, like, sobbing when the ambulance came in, and then she ended up getting arrested, too, you know? Like, I think it could have gone either way, and I don't think I would have been super upset about either option. I think I think I would have been bummed, because I think... Yeah. Here's what else I was going to say. It'd also be out of character. Kind of, yeah. She's done all this already. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting to, like, look at how we're given the characters, and to feel like even in the parking garage when they're like we'll just hold her hostage until you're until you find the money then she's still not entirely part of this like this isn't her favor to repay mm-hmm. she's like helping him out but and like yeah sure okay yeah, I I can I can do that and so like at no point do we think that this is her fault right uh we just think like you went along with it and you can get out of it. Like, you can take the money and probably go. Because, like, you have no ties to these guys. Um, I mean, uh, people in the apartment saw them. People in the club saw them. Uh, you know, the guy who organized the job saw her. So, like, people know that she was associated with them. But, like, the idea that she really didn't ask for this, not really. She went along with it. Um, and now she's in this place that was like, yeah, I mean, go for it. Like, get out of there. And I think it's so satisfying that you just see her walking away. Because you're like, yeah. After, like, all the smarts that she's had of, like, even, like taking off the sweatsuit and putting it in the garbage and just being like, okay, and now I'm in this sweater and I look totally different. Uh, so I'll just get the, the hotel room. Like, she just keeps going with it and keeps, like, moving forward. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have liked it as much of a as a story if she had been caught at the end. 
technically I still would have been blown away. Sure. But yeah. But yeah. But I mean, I like you. I just you made the Bonnie and Clyde comp earlier, mm-hmm. and like they both die at the end of Bonnie and Clyde. So like I, again, like I'm glad yeah. that it ended this way. But I also. Yeah, like I okay, sure. I would have liked it a little less, but I don't think I would have been like, "Oh, fuck this movie!" If it would have ended right. like that, you know, I would have been like, "Shit!" I was really hoping she would make it, but also, it fully checks out that she didn't. You know. Yeah. But. Uh, no, I really, I really, really like this. I, it's still very fresh. Like I just watched it this afternoon, um, but this is definitely, in my opinion, like one of like top three of this whole festival. Whoa. I thought this was like phenomenal. I very, very, very much like this movie. So I'm so happy. I loved it too. I thought it was so, uh, I, and I really do think those first 45 minutes of them just like hanging out are pleasant. Cause you're like, Oh, this is like those fun nights where you meet strangers. And like, it's just fun because you're all just trying to have fun Mm -hmm. at night and for it to feel so meandering and be like, but where exactly are we going? Like, who exactly are these dudes? And for the moment that they, like, are, like, we're, out, we're down one person, you have to be part of this. It's, like, nonstop go from yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So good. I thought it was so good. And the two hours and 18 minutes feel earned. Yeah. Like, and they could have done less and it would have been just as impressive. But two hours and 18 minutes and feeling no lagging in pace even with no edits which like really edits are what you build pacing with incredible like so exceptional what they were able to pull off uh real quick i want to talk about and matt maybe you read this in the imdb trivia but Mm -hmm. um just in terms of like the production it sounds like they like they were given three attempts at doing like an, an unedited take, like a single take. They were given three shots, mm-hmm. but before that, they were like, make your movie with some edits so that we can like at least have something if none of these work out, which I thought Ooh. was really interesting that they went about it. And again, like I'm just reading this from Wikipedia, so like who knows if that's true or not, but because um, I think if you think about all of the other movies that we've talked about, like 1917 or Birdman, or honestly even that um, shot from True Detective... Mm-hmm. Like, there are moments where they build in, see, like, like the zooms that, like, you know, zoom in on somebody and then come back out. Or yeah. with True Detective, I remember there was one where, it, like, they hop over a fence and the camera, like, goes up towards the sky as, like, on its way over. And I remember reading an interview after the fact that they were like, the, so what we saw, what actually was aired on HBO was an unedited take, but they did when they were planning out the one, the, like the single shot, they built in all of those moments where like, if something gets fucked up, at least they don't have to reset all the way to the beginning. They can just reset at this point. So they had like two or three. So I thought it was interesting the way that this movie was made where they were like, no, you make the movie first and like make sure that you have something and then you Mm -hmm. can go and like give you, give it a shot with these other two. Um, which I was like, okay, that's really cool. Yeah. And I like it better because as you're watching this movie, it's like in the second half, I wasn't really paying attention as much just because it was so tense. But like, as you're watching this movie, like we've said, we're to a point now where like, when you watch it, like when you start to recognize that something is a tracking shot, you start to look for the cheats. Right. Um, mm-hmm. which is fine. But like in the first half of this movie, 
I didn't really notice any places where they could have cheated. Like, it never felt yeah. like they were building in a moment where, like, okay, just in case we can do this. And I think the fact that they, like, they made this movie the way they did, with, like, the alternate of how they're normally done, allowed this movie to be even more impressive because there aren't those, like, you know, we can we can figure it out later in post situations. Yeah. There's no safety net, which, yeah. yeah. There's no shot I can recall that feels like a safety shot either. Mm -hmm. Like, you're always looking at somebody or moving from something to someone where, like, it would be too hard to edit in between. There's a couple, uh, they're going through, like, a tunnel and the camera gets super shaky. And then there's another Mm. one, they're walking up the stairwell, it goes entirely black. That happens a couple times. Oh, you're I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I did forget about that. The but. car, you can also do it a lot because they look at the ceiling as they look over to the other person. Mm, good catches. That is probably, and that's probably where the cuts were, especially because of like the heist being um, like such well, an important cut. scene. I know, but if they had built in oh. the shots that w- they would have done it. Mm-hmm. That's probably the shape, the safety spots to be like, okay, we'll have this sequence, and if we need to cut, we can do it here. God, good for them for getting it done in one. Like, unreal. I, yeah, I thought it was so fun that, like, there's a line where it literally, like, because, you know, if you go to, like, Wikipedia or IMDb, it's like, oh, this movie was filmed here, and approximately it was, like, you know, April through june or whatever but this one they were like it was filmed in these neighborhoods from this time to this time on this day you're like oh shit <laughs> like yeah <laughs> um so nothing super jumped out to me for a tattoo idea what do you what do you yeah guys? i don't have any I, I have no ideas there's like not a lot of logos or a lot of lines yeah. or yeah. a lot of all right, well. Maybe just three burglars in an empty parking lot with masks on, pointing guns. <laughs> or a piano key. Some piano keys. Yeah. Yeah. Some pianos. A pia- full, two full piano keys. <laughs> it's a dollar sign, but the lines through the dollar sign are piano keys. All right. <laughs> uh, I would go to this film set. I love Berlin. Hell yeah. Berlin's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go back to Berlin. I also would just like love to just follow them around. Like be terrified of fucking something up. Oh no. But yeah. I would love to watch it. I would be like, okay, keep me as far away from any of the action as possible. Yeah. I would love to see how it I just works. Watch, well, I just want to watch you guys cook. So just like, I'll be me back here. You do your thing up there, but yes please. <laughs> give it to me. Inject this directly yeah. into my eyeballs. <laughs> um so, uh, this movie did not get nominated for anything. Uh, it was disqualified from the Academy Awards for Foreign Picture. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, so, this was the year that I'm, I'm mad at. Uh, fucking Oscilloscope Laboratories didn't release Embrace of the Serpent until after the Oscars, and I didn't get a chance to see it. So, it was the one movie I didn't see. And I'm clearly still upset about it. So, uh, Oscilloscope, they're... they're they're doing their best. I feel like they're the most, uh, like, low budget of the indie foreign. Oh, they pro- are. I get it. And like, Who? good on them for for doing it. But also, like, fuck them for not putting it into like. 
Yeah. Chicago is one of the biggest cities in the world. Like, you honestly couldn't open it a week earlier in Chicago. Come on. Like, I don't understand yeah. how, like, licensing deals in, like, New York and L.A. exclusivity works. But, like, I can't believe that there was no way that they could work around that. So, it, the yeah. insane person of the world that are just me could have seen this movie before the Oscars. Uh, who is nominated for actress and cinematography? Because I think that she should have been yeah. nominated in cinematography as well. So, so Great point. <laughs> oh, gee. All right, we'll go I should quick. have eaten beforehand. <laughs> I assume that Inside, you did. Inside I can smell all the food. And oh, no. It's really affecting my performance, I feel like. I know that Tierney anyway. wants us to end, but I just have to say one quick thing. She recorded outside, and so it was really fun watching it just get completely dark on her screen. <laughs> <laughs> like she As like crickets came out. <laughs> I'm going to have the worst heartburn. Uh, okay, Best Actress. Brie Larson won for Room. Kate Blanchett was nominated for Carol. Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years. And Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. So I think I'd we say can... she was better than all of them. I, well, yeah, I think we can definitely get J-Law, as much as I love her, get her out of mm-hmm. here. Um, that movie was not good. She's better uh, than Saoirse Ronan. She's better than Brie Larson. Wow. I agree that she was better than Brie Larson in Room. I don't know if I can quite get on board with you for Brooklyn. I fucking love Brooklyn so much, and I love My Saoirse. name is Ada Fiorello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> And also, you guys know how much I love 45 Years and Charlotte Rampling, because that was a movie on our first time we did a... That's a true-esque, true-esque good point. Uh, best Cinematography, The Revenant one, which also had a lot of single takes. Uh, That's not fair. Not one yeah. continuous, but like many of them throughout. Uh, and then Carol... It's all ben- natural light. All in natural light. So, oh. I mean, honestly, I probably... Well, yeah. I, pro- I guess, like, how do you light something like this movie? <laughs> like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, anyway, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Sicario were the other nominees that year All right, for those cinematography. Are good. But I think this could be put in there instead of The Hateful Eight. I agree yeah, with that. Because yeah, that was just, they filmed a play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie was lit, is the fact. <laughs> All right, let's, do, let's run through this last one real quick so Tierney can not die of hunger. <laughs> what have you guys been up to this week? T, you go first, so that right. if you want to bail, you, you can just you abandon can shit. Just bail out. <laughs> and then I watch the TV show, and then I just leave. Like Ten minutes. Uh, she, she doesn't uh, even say goodbye. She literally just like ends her part of the call and, and just like goes away. Yeah, her headphones are swinging. <laughs> it's a dust cloud in the shape of her body. Uh, all right. So this week I finished a book that I've been reading. If you got, you guys know me for a shockingly long time. I've been reading that book for two months. Holy shit. Last year I read a book a week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I've been busy. Anyway, it's called The Bone People by Carrie Holm. I've mentioned it before. It's very, very good. Uh, And it's like about three people in New Zealand. Um, One of them's like a hermit uh, and a recluse. Uh, And she is asexual. And then she meets a young boy who is mute, and he is adopted by a Maori man, and she's half Maori. And then um, it's like their relationship and each of them finding love and what love means to each of them. It's a beautiful book. Would recommend it to everyone. 
quick and then follow-up. I started how, how how long is it I know you like haven't been reading because you're busy but I'm just curious uh 545 pages I think okay. so, I mean like it is longer but... that's a hefty boy yeah oh okay. yeah I like that <laughs> that's a hefty boy <laughs> Um, and then I started reading Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram Zendi, um, which has been on my list. Uh, and then the only thing I watched this week besides our movie was The Social Dilemma, which is on Netflix. And I would recommend it to everybody who has a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any sort of account. It is <laughs> fascinating. Some of the stuff I already knew, like the social engineering and how you can manip- manipulate it, manipulate people into believing certain things namely in regard to the 2016 election but Uh the amount of information that is mined from people is appalling yeah and i have since deleted all of my social media except for what i'm not on anything anymore it is (gasps) unbelievable they look they know how long you look at an image for does that not frighten you Good. I mean, what else are we going to do with that information? Goodbye, Ms. Some, Lady. Somebody. <laughs> oh, goodbye, Ms. Lady. <laughs> I yeah, no, it's, it's fucked so up for sure. <laughs> horrified. And the fact that, like, this, I told you guys this as well. Uh, and I told my sister, who is a Gen Z, as the British say, um, <laughs> the fact that they are so anti authority as a generation and are like, fuck corporations fuck adults, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like more so than anyone since the hip, the hippies, the fact that they, like, are basically pawns of a corporation and are the biggest social media users. And, like, my sister's the one that told me this. And the fact that I hope that this is a turning point to where this is another table that they just throw on the ground and they're like, fuck everything. <laughs> There's a quote in it, let me just say, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. They are selling you. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Y'all should watch it. But I've always, I've always wanted to be sold by a corporation, though. Okay. Matt Matt has always been a Disney boy. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, this is probably, I, I don't know, I feel like you feel very differently, but I was like, so mad about it. Uh, yet... We have all of these algorithms to try and predict what we want and what we want to see. And yet, Spotify's Discover Weekly Playlist sucks <laughs> every single week. <laughs> I mean, mine's pretty good. <laughs> I found some really, I found some new favorites on my Discover that Playlist. Is such an aggressive take. I will agree with you <laughs> that, like, it's very finicky. And, like, so you get the 30 songs every week, and I would say, like, of the 30, there's usually, like, one or two that I'm, like, interested in. A lot of the times it's songs that I'm already familiar with, and I'm like, okay, thanks. Like, like I, I know this one already. Or it will, like, change the algorithm, like, way too quickly. Like, I'll listen to movie scores one day at work, yep. and then next week all of my shit will just be instrumental. It's sometimes movie scores, other times just instrumental pieces. I'm like, whoa! Like, yeah. we, have, we have gone way too far, Spotify. Literally listen to it for, like, four hours one day. Calm the fuck down. So I, I agree that their Discover Weekly is flawed, but, like, your level of disdain is maybe a bit much. It's always so bad. To where sometimes I'm like, I can't even listen to music. 
now. I need to, You've like, ruined music for me, Spotify. I need to, like, take a breath. <laughs> Aunt, Matt, is yours oh. always so good because it's Amazon original music? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> None of it's Amazon original music. That was one time. <laughs> No, mine is good because I give them all of my information. So my Spotify is linked to my Facebook. So they're like, oh, you like these bands on your Facebook? Well, then we'll find those bands and those that are like them and then build your playlist. So really, to get the most out of these products, you really have to give all of yourself to them. Blood types, social security numbers. Definitely social security numbers. Definitely like banking information. Um, Yeah. So like... Yes, they're trying to manipulate us into our own oblivion and doing it for their own profit. But isn't clicking on a picture fun? It's mostly interviewed, (laughs) but the people who um, are like the experts in it are all people who used to work for like Facebook, Google, etc. And then the dude who's like the primary guy is just he's like still into tech, but he's like, we can make it humane. Like, we don't have to... Because it's designed to be addictive. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the goal is to keep you looking at a screen for longer and not giving what you want to get out of it. And so they want to change it so that you're getting what you want out of it without being manipulated. It's a very reasonable thing that they're asking for. <laughs> it's like stumble upon, Where stumble upon you just put in all the stuff you're interested in and they'd be like, here's a website that's like that. Yeah, and you'd be I like, yeah, stumble this one works. Upon. Yeah. Let's bring Stumble Upon back. I will be the first person to charge the course to bring. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think now. I'll, I'll give you a little uh, bit of time. Not a lot. I didn't really do much this yeah, week, but you do um, it. I finally got caught up with Lovecraft Country, and I think I still I like the pilot is still by far the best episode of that show. Um. But I do think I'm liking it more as it's gone on than Matt is, um, based on text message yeah. conversations I've had with him. Um, yeah. Are you still watching it, T, or did you just watch that one episode? Uh, I've been too busy during uh, sunlight times. Sure. Right, so and you're not going to watch it's it It's too night. scary yeah, to watch at night. <laughs> I get it. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, like I said, Matt's like sounds like he's super not in on it. Um I'm in on it. So I'll on finish it. the season. You're in on it enough to keep watching, but you're not like enjoying it. From what I think gathered. it's a, I think it's a more, uh, uh, it's a smarter American horror story, and that's about it. That's what I'll say. I don't think Which it's think any fair. more. Yeah, and I don't think it's any more narratively uh, cohesive or uh, sensible than American Horror Story. It's just, like, nonsense and, like, ri- ridiculousness. But it has other really good stuff that I do enjoy in it. So I'll keep watching until the end of the, at least the first season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know if it's quite coming together like I hoped it would. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's still five episodes left, so who knows. Um, then the only other thing I did this week, I watched Chicago for the first time ever the last night. Um, I had a friend come over, and we'd been, like, it'd been on our list for a while, and I just, like, I was really, Matt had a, a Chicago-style hot dog from a place up in Portland last week, and so I, like, I was mm-hmm. really craving one, and so we just, like, 
had a whole little like Chicago themed night. And so we went to a place down the street and I got an Italian beef sandwich and a Chicago style hot dog and had like a little, little taste of home. Uh, and then we watched a movie about some women who murdered their dudes. And, uh, that movie's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, I looked at the, li- you know, because I'm me, I did look at the list of, uh, what I beat in- at the Academy Awards that year for best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm quite ready to say it was the best of those five options, but it was really good. I did like it. Um, it was a lot of fun. And Catherine Zeta-Jones was fucking incredible. And after the movie was over, we looked up what she's been up to lately, and it's basically nothing, and it's really disappointing, because she's so good oh. in that movie. <laughs> like, she's been raising children. No, no, presumably. I know, I know. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, mad at her. Okay. Like, live your live your life, girl. It's just, like, and it's the same thing we talked about with uh, when we did our Punch Drunk Love. It's, like, I'm not mad at Adam Sandler for, like, making a shitload of money from Netflix to, like, go on vacation with his family and film a movie like (laughs) you do it man you fucking earned it that's fine but it does make me a little bummed when when i see like a really good adam sandler performance like in punch drunk or in uncut gems and just like it would be cool if you did make other movies other than just like bottom rung netflix comedies and so it's the same thing like i'm not mad at uh catherine zeta jones for like literally living her life like she can do whatever the hell she wants to do but it's just like i i miss seeing her on a screen and i think she's really talented and it would be cool if she like if she came back and did something but at least we still have her other stuff to appreciate so entrapment two entrapment two When she won for Mystic River at the Oscars, she thanked her uh, unborn twins for making her boobs so big. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in Mystic River? What? Oh, wait, no, that was Marsha Gay Harden. (laughs) 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 Like, Mystic River is set in Boston. There's no way that Catherine Zeta-Jones would be in that movie. I was like, she's way too attractive for what they were going for in that movie. I just had put her face on Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's really embarrassing for me. Oh, but it's so, a three-word three name. So good for the rest yeah, of us. That's exactly also, what it was, though, Matt, is that they both have three-word names. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Entrapment 2 would be really interesting because not only would it have to get her out of whatever she's doing, but it would also have to get Sean Connery out of retirement, which seems pretty unlikely at this point. So. I mean, he really should do something because his last movie was that terrible claymation movie where he played a farmer or a pig or something. Uh, but that's his last credited role is oh. uh, a, a, a terrible animated movie that nobody saw and nobody wanted to see. He was the documentary, he was the narrator for a documentary after that, that doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so probably never saw the light of day. I don't count it. At least that's his last final film. James Bond's last movie was about farm animals, and that's the facts, Jack. Well, the one one before that was Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen, also not a great one to go out on. Yeah, I think he quit because he did those two, and he was like, I think I'm done. I think I've got nothing left in me. I'm done here. All right, Matt, we stalled. Uh, us with it it was a real week of rewatching things uh i rewatched spider-man 2 it's great i rewatched akira it's great uh i rewatched blade runner 2049 it's great 
I rewatched Royal Tenenbaums because uh, my house was watching it, and I was like, well, I'm not going to not watch a Royal Tenenbaums. Bless. And it was great. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things I've even watched. I've watched some West Wing. Uh, oh, but I have been playing Alien Isolation, which is a game from like 2014, oh. 2015. Because uh, I've been watching Raised by Wolves, and I wanted some milky robots. Ugh. Uh, and it is scary. I got killed by the xenomorph, and it is... You don't see it happen. You just see the spear of the tail through your body. And it's the longest death of you just being like, oh, oh. And then you see the hand of the xenomorph like come into the screen from behind. Terrifying. More, uh, more or less scary than Last of Us. Way more scary. Oh, I'm so tense. Everything kills you, and you can't beat anything, so you just have to run and hide. What a fun game. And you And they find you anyway. <laughs> they can hear you breathing. It tracks your movements. Uh, but that's pretty... That's, I haven't been doing too much else. Um, one quick cool. final thing that I wanted to mention earlier. Sorry, Tierney. Uh, Halloween is coming up, and if you guys are looking for like a fun like October themed movie that also has a pretty impressive uh single take shot uh check uh-huh. out one cut of the dead it's a zombie one cut mo- of the dead one cut of the dead it's a zombie movie where they circumcise people uh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. they circumcise dead bodies it's fucking dope and there's a 37 minute long one uh one shot take Brave. where they're just cutting a bunch of dicks <laughs> For skin. Oh. Uh, Matt, I know you don't like zombie movies, but you should watch this one. I don't want to say anything else about this movie, but it is unlike any other zombie movie you've ever seen, uh, and I strongly recommend it. It's very, very, very cool. Uh, oh, also, I watched Devil All the Time. That's actually... Um, we'll talk... I'll put that in the next episode, just because... I'm going to watch a new it movie now and then, too, so we can talk a little bit about it. T, do you want to have, like, a little bonus pod on top of our other pod next week? What's it? For what? <laughs> the Devil All the Time? I, I think you would actually like it, T. It's a new Netflix movie. Southern Gothic crime drama. Oh, it's got your it boy. just, like, another uh, whatever the fuck that movie was called with Daniel Craig? Lucky uh, Logan. Logan Lucky? Oh, oh. No, 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 knives! Really. No, no, knives out is fun, and this is very. Uh, this is a bummer of a movie. It looks pretty. It's like grim. a, it's a downer. It's got a consistent boy Tom downer. In it, though, T, so, is he my boy? <laughs> I didn't think he was. Is he not your boy? I don't. You texted. Got, you like texted Spider-Man. us about him. You texted us about him earlier in quarantine. Oh. So I, it was more just the fact that him and his brothers are all living at home and all appear to be single, and the joke was that those English pipes probably can't handle the loads going through. Oh my god. Just a bunch of single boys, all in their teens and 20s. This, oh, this worked out boy. exactly as I hoped it would. <laughs> I'm finished! So is Tom. Ha 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 ha